Hey guys, what's going on? Tony here. So what you're about to watch is a little bit rough on the eye because Nate once again did disconnect halfway through the episode. So the first half of the episode, it's really hard to watch with his camera, but it should still be good to listen to. Uh, stay tuned though. We got plenty of great content in this episode with our special guest who you're about to see in about a minute or so. Enjoy the episode, guys. All right. So Tony, this week has been crazy. My Instagram has been blowing up. The video that I told you had like 200,000 views, 300,000 views last week. You want to guess what it's at right now? I, I remember it being at like 800,000 last time I looked. Oh, well, it's at 1.4 million, bro. Jesus Christ. I got I got 200K today and 1,000 followers today. It's it's insane. I don't know. I, I turned my notifications off finally, and now it's it sucks because... Anytime someone comments, like I've commented on your photo today and like someone comments, I go to look for the who commented on it and it's too many notifications later that I can't even find the notification of what it was. And I can't even communicate and interact with the people that I want to interact with. I don't know what to do. You know what? I'm just going to wait to see it happen to the hockey's podcast, social medias. It's going to happen. You're you, you like smile. If you like Dick is still trending a little bit. Like it was blowing up today. Uh, so I've got some clips cut. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, you're going to see some stuff. Uh, we got some Nick Spinelli clips coming. Uh, we've got some radio shorty clips coming and, uh, I'm excited about today's guest, man. He may be able to share with us a little bit of insight on some, uh, going viral. Cause he has gone viral himself on the ticky talkies. The uh, that's, it's definitely not what the cool kids say. Uh, that's what dads say. I'm a dad <laughs> and I apologize. Go ahead and laugh. I think this is about the time of the show that we just roll the damn intro. Roll it right now. Just roll okay. it. Roll it. Welcome to the official Hot Cues podcast with your hosts, Nate Nelson and Tony Pree. These two have over 20 years of experience combined and almost 20 years in age difference. Get ready as they dig in deep and talk about their experiences, some crazy stories, and Bucky's. It's officially time to kick this thing off. You're tuned in to Hot Cues. Thank God uh, I don't have to say anything dumb anymore like dad jokes. Uh, this is the wrong podcast for that. But sometimes they just accidentally come out of my mouth. Dude, especially with last week with having Kevin and Shorty here, we should never gave them the table to take over. Exactly. I'm glad that we get to actually take control of our show again. Like it's it's actually, again, the Hockey's podcast. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Chink, chink. Yes, I am very good at speaking today. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, to episode six of the Hot Cues podcast. We've got a phenomenal guest today. Uh, he is one of my boys. He's one of my OGs. And uh, we just want to say thank you, Tony. And I really appreciate you being here. Uh, we know that you have lots of options out there to listen to for entertainment, for education. Uh, some of them are longer than others. And some of you guys are bitter about that stuff. And that's okay. I'm just going to say it. it is what it is. But uh, we're going to get to our guest and our guest this week is none other than uh, my very first assistant. And Tony, you've been in the same situation as him. Um, you're my last assistant, and this this guest was my very first assistant. So I'm really excited to hear um, you guys tell crazy stories about events. I'm really excited to hear uh, his journey uh, with LaForce. This man lives a crazy, crazy life. He works full-time, has three kids, just bought a house. Uh, he's none other 
then the co-host or the co-host tony you're my co-host he's the co-dj of the dj duo dominate please welcome dom nigella what's up my man yes what's good what's good feels good to be here man Dude, I'm so happy to have you on the show finally, and I am kind of happy Nate did not fuck you up as much as he could have with you being his first assistant. Man, it was close. <laughs> it was close. No, he made he made it. I learned a lot in my training with Dom, but uh, Dom's got something that you can't teach. You know, it's raw talent and creativity and uh style and when you look like dom does we're gonna get a lot more female listeners this episode i'm sure uh so that's good maybe maybe hey <laughs> maybe i'll help show out as much as i can you know what i'm saying i'll do what i can we're definitely just putting a thumbnail of you on the cover and nothing else like yeah, yeah. if you're listening on spotify check it out on youtube hot cues podcast that's where it's at hot cues canceled again again no, it was good, man. I feel like you said it though. When when we started on the forest, I was I was your first assistant, but I feel like it was good because you were relatively new to the forest. I think you'd only been there about a year. You know, the force itself was a relatively new company. So it was cool that like, you know, I feel like our journey together over the past ten or eleven years has has grown together, man. It's it's been pretty cool. Yeah, I've got to watch you grow. You've got to watch me grow. We've got to grow together. Uh we had a crazy idea that we just could never get to really take off to where we wanted it to go. Um, but we did some really cool things along the way as dominate. Uh, we opened for Waka Flocka. Uh, we opened for little John. Um, we played a, a crazy party in new Orleans. Uh, we did, we did a lot of stuff together as the dominate duo. And this, that just shows that I had, um, a lot of these calls. I had opportunities to do this, but I really had a passion because I see Dom's creativity. Also, I thought, and I'll be dead honest, Dom, that I was the talent behind on the decks at, in the beginning like you were still getting your chops and stuff but you were like the perfect front man to take the group that like that we could build and just be like the eye candy up there and it was great like um and then dom just became into his own and then i could just literally trust him and i could go out and be the energy up front and he could be slaying on the back and then it just it, it just great. grew it was cool and over time yeah we've done some cool stuff and i mean there's still time you know the thing is is yeah the best thing is trying out new ideas and knowing that you've got the option to do it. If the time comes, you know, who knows, who knows what comes up. We need, we need at least two more years until your daughter gets old enough to, uh, you know, not be so much of so much. 2025 official dominate. 2025 dominate tours coming live. Let's go. You're going to hear it. It's going to be streaming everywhere. All right. So we want to get into uh, who is Dom Nigella. Uh, If you're an avid listener of the show, you know, we do something every week called hot potato with our guests. So this week, we're going to find out who Dom is very quickly. Dom, if you don't know the rules to this, I'm just going to ask a series of questions. You have three seconds to answer these questions to the best of your knowledge. And if you don't know really off the top of your head, just spit something quick. Tony's going to be the man on the buzzer. Are you ready to play hot potato? Let's go. All right. Where were you born? Akron, Ohio. Ravenna, Ohio, specifically. Okay. And uh, where did you go to high school? Ravenna, Ohio. Okay. Were you involved in any sports or extracurricular activities in I high school? I played everything. Everything except for football. I played. Uh, I was one of those kids that was in every sport, every season, all year round. Uh, the only sport I've never officially played was football. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite food? Favorite food? Man, I'm, I'm simple. I like, I like home cooking. So anything that's like um, – greens anything that's heavy like pot roast you know being up north we like that in the winter time and it's it's cold most of the year so something heavy like that's real good uh what's your favorite sports team 
Cleveland Cavaliers, man. Anything, all Cleveland sports. All Cleveland, Cleveland Guardians now. Anything Cleveland. I'm one of those diehard Cleveland fans. It don't matter who this team is. You just root for the home team all year. That's it. Okay. Uh, who, I, I think I know the answer to this, just saying that it's all Cleveland, but who's your favorite athlete? LeBron James, of course. Okay. Uh, this one has been a hard answer for a lot of people, uh, but who's your biggest celebrity crush? Man, uh, that is a tough one. I would say, my wife would say Ariana Grande. I would say probably like a Salma Hayek, you know? Okay. Isn't Ariana Grande yours, Tony? I love Ariana Grande. I think this is like the third episode in a row that we've talked about my celebrity crush. Ariana Grande, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, she's Italian. She, if you ever watched her in that show, was, she, her and her grandma had a good, she got family values, you know? Listen, listen, Ariana Grande, highly doubt you're ever going to listen to the Hockey's podcast. But if you do, break up with your husband because I'm bored. She's like a, she's like a sweatpants and a Crocs kind of like hangout. 2025, when Dominate Duo goes worldwide tour and the Hockey's podcast is second behind the Joe Rogan experience, That's right. maybe Ariana Grande will have a chance with both of you. No, guys. no, no. We're going to set Tony up. We're going to set Tony up. Listen, I'm spoken for. We're going we're gonna to send Tony up. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, hey, if uh, if Pete Davidson's got a chance, you've got a chance, bro. Pete Davidson's a funny fucker. So are you. So are you. Yeah. Dom, who's your favorite musical artist, speaking of Pete Davidson? <laughs> musical artist? Uh, man, I think Jay-Z. Musical artist because it's 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 lyrics, it's music, it's all of it. Okay. Um, what's your favorite vacation spot? I know you like the outdoors. What's your favorite vacation spot? Dominican Republic. We went there on our honeymoon, and Fair and I just went there this past couple of months, just the two of us, and by far the best. Culture, food, weather, all of it. Okay. Uh, let's take it old school. What was your very first job? Painting houses outside in the summer. How old were you? Painting houses. I was 14 and a half, so I wasn't even legally allowed to work. I was working under the table. Okay. Started at, we started at 6 a.m., so we had to wake up at 5.30 and be on site at 6.00. And worked until 5 p.m. or until 5, 5.30 sunset Ooh. almost. For probably like five bucks an hour? Yeah. Cash at the and end then, of the day? Yes. And that was, for, that was for a short summer. And then my first real legal official job was we had Six Flags Cleveland. And I worked there for five years all throughout high school. The whole season. What would you do at Six Flags? I worked, believe it or not, in the, the they call it the parks, uh, the you know, whatever, the parks department. Where like we walked around with the, the cigarette butts and the brooms, which sounds shitty. But we had the most freedom for the entire park. The game people had to stay at their game. The rides people had to stay at their rides. The food people had to stay at their food. We were the only ones that had free range of the whole park. So it'd be like, oh, I'm cleaning up a spill over on the SeaWorld side. Because we had SeaWorld up there too. So like we would walk over to the far side. We would just be lost in the park and they would never keep track of us. And it was the best job I ever had. As long as you got that broom and dust yeah. man in your yeah, hand. Listen, that's where I, right? I first got my taste for like being the, the idea of like a job could be fun. You know what I mean? I was like... I, I worked overtime throughout all of high school through like they would close at 11. I'd be there at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., work till 11 p.m. because make the overtime, make the good money because I love being there. And I love the fact that I was like, this was fun. This is crazy. This is my job. It was cool. Sweet. Uh, what's your dream ride? <sighs> dream. And I'm not talking about Six Flags. I'm talking about cars like you drive, yeah, your dream I ride. Like a, a 69 Charger. Oh, oh, muscle car. American muscle. Yeah. 
yeah. this one right yeah, here. Is, I, I mean, I know it's got the the rebel flag on it, but this is the General Lee, bro. That's my dream car exactly, too. That's crazy, bro. Oh. oh yeah. I never knew that. That's why I love turntables, man. It's that old American muscle. Um, what's the f- your most favorite gig you've ever DJed or favorite event you've ever DJed? I mean, that goes without saying. When we opened up for Waka Flocka, that was the the the. I mean, the, I think that, that that may have been the height of it. That may have been the height of it, and that was epic that day. It was like five thousand people. Waka Flocka sharing the stage, like the energy, the like popping uh, bottles with Waka uh, Flocka, hands down. You dropped your bottle. I think I have the video, but you were shaking your bottle to spray the champagne on. You should post that as a reel. You were you were on stage with Waka Flocka. There was only champagne bottles when we got there because we were like the openers all the way through. So like we had Cam DJing at like noon that day, and then Adante DJed like an hour and a half later, and then I think you played by yourself, and then I played, and then you and I played together, and then Waka came on stage, and like they they straight played right after us. Tony, have you been to? PSR, have you seen this place? No, I haven't. Have you seen the big water slides like, oh, that you can go down? Oh, I know the exact place you're talking about now. So it's in Waco. It's down Ooh, in Waco. This massive stage right by the water. So all day we're DJing and people are just launching off the slide. And it was like a, just a day party all day long. They called it Dia del Flaca. And it was like day of the Flaca. Flaca. And like it was just a music fest that they just did. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, Dom's on stage. There's champagne bottles everywhere when we get there, and we're like, what's this? Oh, it's Walker's Rider. All right, so he's popping bottles. And then, like, Dom and I both have cameras, but there's camera guys all over the place. But Dom and I have been on that stage all day, so it, it feels like home to us. And so there's, like, every people are everywhere. And, like, then it's, like, all of our friends came and stood up on stage next to us. Matt and – oh, Murda was there. Yeah, crew. I think there's probably like 10 or 12 yeah. force people total. We Like, Sammy and Sarah and Maddie and – like there's a ton of people there and like our Hulkers on stage and then like walk a hands down a bottle of champagne. No, 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 no. This was the story. The night before we had a cabin, they gave us a cabin cause there was like campgrounds there too. So we went down and we had the cabin and we were grocery shopping. We're like, what do we need? We're walking on the aisle, getting alcohol. And I was like, bro, we need some champagne bottles. What if we're on stage? Cause we're buying squirt guns. We bought squirt guns and I'm like, we're going to be spraying yeah, the we did get so I was guns. like, what if, we have some bottles of champagne just ready to go. We'll spray the crowd like it'll be sick. And they're like, you're crazy. Like, what do you, what do you think we're going to do? We're just going to get on stage. I was like, listen, I'm buying. Everyone yeah, tried to talk I, me I out of it. Now. Everyone tried to talk me out of it. I was like, I'm buying these bottles of champagne, and we're just going to see what happens. And, and we were partying. And like he said, the, night, the day unfolded. It got crazy and all this. And then like he said, when they get on stage, I start seeing these champagne bottles. And I was like, mine were in the tent right off to the stage. I was like, go get the champagne bottles. We walked on stage. I don't know what song he was playing, but I shook it up, and I was walking up to him because like we were and he's point. like go we're walking up on stage and i did i was shaking it up and i walked up to him and i like nudged him like this my elbow and i was like here and he's like nah bro you do it and i was like oh and i went out there and i was just i sprayed everybody and, and he was so oh, excited man. but he dropped the bottle and hit this dude right in the nose like it's on video this kid is like front stage slipped out like, of my hand <laughs> you know it's a four foot stage Dom, you got to stop doing this motion. I'm going to make a reel out of that, like for real. That, that was the most, that's what caused me to drop it. I've learned now that you shake it up and you just put your thumb and you just angle it the right way. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, the, what the fuck this is going on right now? <laughs> We're talking about champagne bottles, Tony. Listen, us married men, we got the, we got the knowledge, man. We'll, 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 we'll be parted on you if, you if you if you let us. Yeah, we'll teach you a thing or two. <laughs> Anyways. That was the show. That was the show. I I popped I popped off all over everybody and it was crazy. I thought that was a great show. I would 
I feel like uh it like New Orleans was I think I think in terms of my experience, it was the Waka Flock show. I think in terms of the overall experience and us actually putting on a show that was for, what was it, two or 3,000 people there, that that was better because they were locked in with us for two hours. This was uh, you playing the day of Waka. It was chill. It was cool. It was people hanging out and like day party type stuff. But when we were at Cater Source in New Orleans, we had them locked in for two hours just – I mean, look so at this photo, bro. You you are literally the girls, like I said, you were the front man. These these girls are catering professionals from all around the country. We we were doing the cater source uh awards gala after party, and they wanted us to bring this uh, infusion after dark was the theme of this party, and, and they came to us with a vibe and said, Hey, can you create a Vegas style club party uh in this big sugar mill it was basically just a big warehouse and we get in there and there's already a stage in and a line array because they have a concert there the next night and they're like yeah you guys can plug straight in so we were like hell yeah so we hung video wall we hung lights we did all the light show but i mean like dom and i were just back and forth on this stage and it was 50 people deep where this woman is in the front row and we had that entire crowd just straight eating out of our hand the entire night and it was the first time we had played uh, CDJ's solo on thumb drives with, laptops, without laptops. Laptop. And we didn't know. And, and we really did kind of put those sets together, maybe 35, 45 minutes before, because we didn't know who's going to be there. Not true. Not true. We, we were idea. on a tour we bus idea, and, like, and we talked about like the first 30 minutes of the set in terms of yeah. actually putting on the hard drive. Yeah, we getting, sat in the back yeah. of that tour bus and thought about what we were going to play forever. Cause we didn't know. We were like, Oh, it's cater source. We didn't know what to expect. And then when it, when it happened and the shit just like, people went crazy on our first five songs. It was, it was almost, it was like the most rock star moment of my life. It was more of a rock star moment than Waka Flocka because Waka was the rock star. And that 100%. show, we were just opening DJs. This show, we were the rock stars. Like I've never in my life gone. We walked off stage and there was people lined up, Tony, to take photos with us. And like, literally they wanted to meet us because they thought we were somebody like, crazy and we did we we owned it we played our ass off that night it was phenomenal it was a great show it was so much fun like the, yeah the whole experience we had a couple of drinks before and i think that loosened dom up and like i've never seen dom be that energetic in a crowd but like it, it like hits you that moment like you fed off of them and they fed off of us and it was it was nuts they had answers on stage they had like glow in the dark you know neon fairies on stage and it was just it was epic Hell yeah. What's crazy is the entire time that I've actually worked with LaForce, I've worked with Nate literally a fuck ton, but I've never actually worked an event with Dom. It's kind of crazy. Let me get Tony on. Because I've worked partially with you, and I want to work with you. I want to come be your assistant. I want to be your assistant. Can we just go into like a hotel room and make out really quick and just... Uh, roll, roll the intro footage. Roll the video. Like we, <laughs> Shit's getting off topic here. I don't know what that is. I don't, I don't even know where, where we went real quick. We still have two questions left with Hot Potato. So, uh, Dom, you are married. How many kids do you have? Tell three. us about your kids. Three kids, two boys and a girl, uh, all under the age of seven, Zane, Enzo, Gianna. Um, it's a wild house. It's a wild house. Farah, my wife, she's, she's the wildest one. Uh, but, yeah, it's exciting, man. I love it. It keeps me on my toes, keeps me energized. Uh, yeah. I love how much time you uh, spend with your kids, like – 
I've seen videos. You're very creative. And if you've never, if you don't follow Dom uh, on YouTube, uh, Dom's got some amazing videos out on YouTube and he does stuff with his kids. He'll take them skating. Uh, he takes them uh, like Zane was riding a skateboard at what? Like five, oh, like four? Three. Like crazy. Three, yeah. He was on a scooter at the skate park going down four, four, four and a half foot ramps on his scooter at like two. And I bought him a skateboard a couple years ago for Christmas and he's been riding that. Yeah, like he does better. Like when you go to the skate park, you're you can more trust that your kids aren't going to get hurt than when you take an adult like Peter. And we went with Peter. I don't know if Tony's heard the story. It was me, Zane, and Peter. We were going, and he's just getting good at riding around, cruising up and down the ramps, and all this stuff. Peter's just zipping around with no helmet on, and uh, came around the bank and hit like this little pebble and just went off and hit his head. And he's like, comes over all calm. He's like, hey, hey, I think I. I think I may uh, hit my head, man. I got a little bit of blood on my hand. He turned around and there was like a gash like this big and it's all just. Yeah, you can, Tony, next time you see Peter, look Zane at the back is. of his head. He's got a massive scar. Zane back. was there and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wear my helmet all the time. I'm, I'm always going to wear my helmet. <laughs> he was just covered in blood. Um, but no, man, I think I think family is important, man. That's what motivates me. That's that's honestly the biggest thing that motivates me of everything is is my wife and kids. Awesome. Well, um, this was your 10 year, correct? With LaForce, this is your 10th year working with yeah, us? Yeah, 2022. I started in 2012. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. And uh, you want to talk about, uh, we're, we're done with Hot Potato, but I do want to talk a little bit more about your journey with LaForce. And uh, so it's been 10 years. Uh, tell us how you found LaForce, uh, kind of how things started in the beginning and kind of have you progressed uh, over the last 10 years. And, and Tony, I'd like to hear your your take on kind of joining the team uh 10 years later or 11 or nine years later and kind of just see how some yeah, things got, have changed got good infrastructure and i think it was really cool because i was able to join at a at a, at a really you know a, a critical time i think you know the force was just taken off um i was getting married so i've always and we like talked about it, like my first job was painting houses i've worked every job over the years except for bartender or a server the only two jobs i've ever had I've worked at gas stations i've painted houses been an accountant like tax preparer, all this crazy stuff um so like working extra jobs, finding stuff, freelance stuff, like I'm all about it. So we're, my wife, Farrah and I were planning our wedding. We're paying for it ourselves. I'd already done Craigslist and just finding events here and there, gig work of like, I did a couple of Gatorade events. I did a couple stuff here and around, you know, the city of Dallas has got all kinds of stuff. So like, I would just go to Craigslist and hit like the, the gig labor or the event labor section and just find whatever. And I'd be like, oh, cool. Photo photography. Yeah, sure. I'll hit you up. I'll do these photos for you, you know, and did some real estate photos, whatever. This ad was like, get paid to party. I'm like, cool. Photo booth, set up sound gear, whatever. And it was, you know, the forest. And I came in with Glenn and Andy, uh, Andy Austin, and, um, you know, relatively new. Started with Nate. And uh, I think I assisted you for maybe six months. And like, I mean, it hit it off because like it, you and I instantly clicked. Um, that was our very first event right there. The very first. Event. Yeah, this. This photo right here was, uh, I had two new guys, both of you guys. I think we had a photo booth that day and he was doing the eye booth, the big booth. And then you were my assistant. Um, this was back from 2012, had to be 2012. I started in 2011. So it was probably one of my first like 15 or 20 weddings. Yeah, yeah, it was photo booth, up lighting. I mean, it was a whole, it was a whole deal. Why do you look like the State Puff Marshmallow Man? Because I lost a lot of weight, you ass bag. That's that's what we're gonna say about you in two years when you when you make your way down and go, damn. Yeah, but I'm not that pale with ha no hair. 
Hey, man, the the cameras weren't as good back in 2012 on a phone. That was taken on uh, probably like an iPhone 2 or 3. No, but that's crazy. That was the first event you ever worked with Nate, Dom. Yeah, just, just wait till 30 comes knocking on Tony's door. I don't even want to think about that yet. I got seven more years. <laughs> I'll be 46. No, but I mean, honestly, though, that was my first wedding. And honestly, and if it was lame, I would have never came back. Because I, I had a regular job. I worked at Bank of America, and I, I didn't need it. And I think that that's always just the thing that has made me love what I do in, in this industry is that I have never needed it. So I've been able to fully pour into it, you know? Um, but, dude, you rocked it. And I was like, this this is legit. Like, this is how Dallas does weddings. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm all about this. Like, um, And it was easy click. It was easy transition. I think it was maybe six months, and I had booked – a wedding because it was like midsummer 20, 2012. And I think I broke my first wedding was like February 20, 2013, I think. Cause it was quick then, Tony. We didn't have DJ school. We didn't have uh it was like Nate showed me the timeline. He showed me how to MC. He showed me how to 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 host this wedding. And it was like, that's really you need. I mean, the rest of it's on you. You gotta read the crowd. Every wedding's different, different crowds different. Like the rest is on you. This is how you this is how you can host a wedding. You know what I mean? We, you know, certain things like you know, stuff that we do that, you know, personalizing the bride and groom's name, you know, being a great host. And Dom, we were riding together back then, right? Because it would be like, uh, you know, it was event by event planning. It wasn't, you know, in DJ school now, we'll, we'll typically give someone an event with names and, and they practice those names and those intros uh, for 10 weeks through the DJ school and mastered the art of one wedding. Uh, Dom was literally like learning every week. We'd get in the car. We would start as soon as we get in the car, we start talking about the event. This is what we're going to do today. You know, um, I would walk him through the setup stuff. And, and Tony, you've been there, too. Like when you first rode with me, I, I think it was a lot of the same thing. We'd talk about the, the execution of the first hour or two in an event is crucial of what your role is, what my role is. And if a team walks into an event like that prepared, then you can just go crush it and be the best uh, that you can be for you and for your clients. And it's I think Dom just took it. And it was one of those things where. Um, I wasn't hesitant. I've been hesitant with people in the past of putting them out there ready to go. Uh, but Dom just always had that, that almost like smirky, smart, like look in his eye that like, yeah, I'm going to take this. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to do it. And, uh, he hasn't yeah, looked back. Absolutely, man. And, uh, it's, it's, it's been huge. I mean, it's, it's my second full-time job because, um, it's just grown every year. It's been bigger and better for the last 10 years. And, um, well, what do you average? How many events do you average a year? Since you have a full-time job, you don't work as much as some of our full-time guys, but how many events are you I averaging a year? The past probably three or four years has been 60, 70, 55, 60, 70, definitely in the, in the sixties. And, and that is, that's a lot with working a full-time job and having because three those, kids those, those months, they stack up the spring and the fall, they stack up. I mean, last October, the month that we had our baby girl, I had 14 weddings. And, and had just started a new job and I was working 40 hours a week and we made it like, that's what I say. Like you just do it, you know, you work hard and, and, uh, man, yeah. Cause I love it because, um, yeah, it's, it's an outlet for me. Like I, I've always wanted to have a, you know, the, 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 the job, like the family, the job, the, the, the creative outlet. And I know that sometimes you can't always pour into everything a hundred percent. You know what I mean? If you want to balance everything. Um, but yeah, man, it, it drives me. I love what I do. I love the fact that it's not a job for me that it is, but it's not, um, it's, it's by choice. And I think that I poured 10 times into it because of that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I do. I feel gratitude that I get to do it because I've had shittier jobs. I've worked in a warehouse, driving a forklift in Texas, warehouse in the summer, not climate controlled for a few summers. And um, Yeah, and you said something early on when you were like, okay, like if if I didn't like it, I wasn't coming back. And Tony, you you came down here to DJ. That was your thing. You DJed before. It wasn't like your first time going to a wedding. You Everything you had done prior to working for LaForce, I think you said you did a wedding for a couple companies down here but it wasn't the same. And then you saw how we did weddings and like, and you've said it multiple times. I've heard you say it, Tony, tell us the difference. Like, um, and Dom, I'd love to hear your feedback on the difference. If you go to a wedding in Ohio or you go to a wedding in Jersey or New York or long Island, like the difference in a Texas wedding, like let's talk about that. a little. So, bit. you know, I think the biggest thing that people will take from going to an East coast wedding or a tri-state area wedding being New York, New Jersey, most of Pennsylvania is the, Biggest difference being no buffets. It's always a sit-down dinner, always multiple courses, dance sets getting broken up. Um, and I think one of the, the most unique things about it is also there's no really wedding coordinators in most of these areas. Uh, some areas do have them, but most of the time your wedding coordinator, your wedding planner is your maitre d'. Uh, and that's super different from down here where there's buffets, you have a wedding planner, you have a wedding coordinator. All of your formalities are happening during that first hour and a half to two hours of your dinner services and formality blocks. And just up north and towards the east is really just all spread out, broken up into little sections. You have a 20-minute dance set, then you go into your first course, a 15-minute dance set, then you go into dinner, then you have another 15, 20-minute dance set, then you do a bunch of formalities. And down here, I mean, it's just totally different. And Dom, I don't know how it is in ohio if you've been to a lot of weddings up there but like what's the, the difference between the east coast and the texas style to I, I, ohio i think what i've seen in jersey and new york that it is more formal is that sit down dinner that broken up at the sets and at least once i've been to in ohio and i haven't been a lot in my 20s but in my middle school high school from what i remember they're all kind of barn weddings they were all kind of like free-for-alls of just like hanging out you know um casual you know style so i've seen in the past couple of years, some really cool ones, you know, coming up now with, you know, with as the industry evolves. But um, I think a lot of mine were real laid back, you know, in terms of kind of like we had a lot of, you know, redone barns and stuff like that. And that was kind of the vibe for a big part of it. So in a barn set is country, was country music popular in Ohio? Cause Tony comes down here and thinks that Luke Bryan is the greatest country artist of all time. Cause he is, cause he it, is. It's not, it's not, it's not, um, you know, it's not number one, it's popular, but it's definitely the Nashville, the more party rock type country. Luke Bryan's like, I didn't know what Texas country was. I didn't even know Texas country was a thing until I moved to Texas. That that was a shocker to me, and I was like, I think that was a shock for me too. I played Luke Bryan, and they kind of cleared the dance floor. I mean, I played a pretty popular like Kenny Chesney song, and they were kind of like, no. I was like, what? It's Kenny Chesney. Like, he's the king of country. They're like, no, motherfucker, George Strait. Play George Strait. <laughs> George Strait is the king of country, bro. Yeah, George Strait is the king of country. If you if you need if you need some good country stuff, uh, there's a country playlist coming out on Beat Source soon, so you guys can check that. But They, you're just staring into the camera right now. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's he's scolding. He's scolding. No, but listen, the, the Texas the Texas weddings are, are are nice. But I mean, um, I was just shocked because D Dallas, I think, is a little bit different of a market in Texas in general. Did Nate freeze? I don't know. Nate definitely froze. 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. And dude, literally this happened a couple weeks ago. Um I would crack a joke about Nate not being able to pay his electric bill or internet bill or whatever, but I got yelled at by uh his wonderful wife, Jen Nelson, so I no longer can crack that joke. Um <laughs> so um Dom, I, I kinda feel like we should wait for him just because it's just us two. We will wait. In the meantime, I'm going to Mr. Miyagi this fly that's been uh, menacing me the last 30 minutes. Oh, he's back. Jesus Christ. I Like, Dom started talking, and then every, you guys just both froze. I was like, man. So You're like, Nate, are you frozen? Are you here? He said, yeah, I'm here, and it cut off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I could hear you, but I couldn't see you. It was frozen, so... Um, and I didn't want to say anything cause it, I thought it'd be easy to edit. So, um, yeah, I'm back at 22 seconds, Tony. I don't know. Hopefully the upload beginning doesn't fucking crush and kill. Um, but I looked at the clock and it was like 31 30 when I, when I froze. If you want to write that down. I'm literally writing it down as you say. Okay. So what are you at right now? 32 30. Oh, 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 I thought you did it again. <laughs> mark it at mark it at 3240 and and just go right from there. So Texas country is Texas country is um is a whole nother thing. I grew up in Oklahoma and my, my mom loved country. So I was always I knew country in and out. Um, so it was never really a thing. So like I it, um, I know um, a lot of the country stuff. And Justin, I don't know if you, did you listen to Justin's latest podcast where he talked about, he did a Latin wedding and they didn't want any other stuff. So then it was like, uh, he didn't play suavemente. I'm like, you gotta play suavemente. Even if it is like, that's like playing, that's like not playing September at a, at a all American, just straight up American wedding. Like September's a banger and it's like old school going back. So, um, yeah, country, there's definitely those hits and those bangers and such, but, um, Dom, I did want to talk, uh, about, kind of you know you said we're not done and i agree like we're still like things are on the rise and you were nominated this year uh for the first time to the american association of certified wedding planners vindy uh for the favorite dj um it is nominated uh by their organization and they have five finalists every year um i've been nominated the last seven years never brought home the trophy um but you were amongst the the ranks this year and that's a lot uh, and i love that you know, our team is constantly representing on there. We, I was telling you earlier today when we were talking on the phone, like Creighton and Glenn and I were all nominated one year. Um, Adam, Adam won twice. Brian won five times. Glenn won three times. We've always had someone on our team represented uh, at the Vindies. And so I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there and congratulate you for that. And just what were your thoughts when you first got that email? I was shocked. I mean, literally I was shocked. Cause I, I don't, I don't uh, like, I don't advocate for that stuff. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't go to as many as the networking stuff as I'd like to. Um, but when I do, you know, I love, you know, I love our industry. I love, you know, I've been to almost every single Vendi since, since we started. I mean, the, the, the one photo we had, I, I was looking back the other day on Facebook and it was like 2013, I think, or 2014, um, at FIG. And I'm like, man, like, this is crazy. Like, it's been a journey. You know what I mean? So like, I've always loved the support of this industry. I mean, I think it's something probably new to Tony, but like, that was one of the first exposures of me within that first year of you know, um, of starting, I was like, I seen the industry and I'm like, wow, like this is, this is something cool to be a part of. It's not just us going out and DJing, you know? Yeah. It was definitely new to Tony. Uh, when I was telling Tony about the Vindies this year and he was like going to get his clothes and, you know, we told the story last week about how we got the same jacket, but 
he was like, I'm not drinking tonight. I'm just going to go home afterwards. I'm like, wait a second. We're about to start 75 hard. And this is like the one night of the year that everybody in our industry turns up. Oh, maybe the, the second night of the year, Andy's party and the Vindies are like the two that everybody go all out on. And, uh, you know, you, you got to learn, you got to, you got to live through those moments. Um, it's kind of cool that the Vindies have always been in February until, uh, we had that pandemic happen and then they moved them to August to, to fit them into 2021. They had them in 2022 in August, but they're moving back to February this year. Um, and so, you know, come Christmas time, we'll be getting nominations again and maybe in six months we'll be nominated twice. We'll see. Hopefully we both stay on the board. Um, and, and I think that speaks, Dom, you said that you don't network like everybody else and you don't do a, a lot of stuff out there, but I think that speaks volumes to the type of work that you're doing and, and what you're doing for your clients. And, um, you know, you don't have to be out there in the public eye as much because all you're doing is serving your clients well, throwing raging parties and everybody, the buzz is created itself because you've been able to just work yourself into that. Yeah, and, that and to take it a step further. Too, like, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and it is building the relationship with the planners and the, and the people who I do actually work with. Right. Like if, if I haven't, if, if we don't have a good relationship, it's probably because you haven't worked with me. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of people that go to the networking stuff and you see them really only at the networking stuff. You don't see them actually kind of in the field, you know, it's, the people that are behind the rental companies or the people that are behind the florals and stuff like that. And, um, but they're big in the industry. Um, so, you know, I've always made it, you know, a focus is like whoever I'm working with, like I want to make it epic for not just my clients, but for the vending, you know, the vendor staff that I'm working with because we're a team and it should be fun for all of us. Because again, like I said, like, I, I feel like I've got a little bit more freedom in the sense that I'm coming into uh, every wedding with like a fresh mindset of like, I get to be here. I, this, you know, I, I could be doing anything right now this is it. This is, this is, this is not only my, it's the best day of the bride and groom's life that goes without saying family and friends, you want it to be epic for them too. But like for us too, like it's as much of a, of a, of a night out for us that we have the opportunity to make it great and, and fun. And I feel like if I'm having a great time, I'm having, and I'm, you know, that's contagious, that energy. And I feel like that's something that you can't, people be like, what do you do to get the dance floor started? Just be excited to be there. You know what I mean? Be excited to be part of this celebration, have genuine energy, and it's going to be contagious, you know? Yeah. And and the best part is, like, you're you're also catering to the bartenders, the other staff members, and, like, I hear it all the time, and I know you have. We've talked about it, that, like, when a bartender or a wait staff comes up to you at the end of the night when we're all packing up and it's like, man, I had a blast tonight. You're, like, one of the best DJs I've worked with. Like, when they're all having fun, too, and you know you had a raging party, it's just, like, Without yes, a, like we did something right tonight. Without a doubt, and I and I think that that's major because there's a lot of guys that go in and they're 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 burnt out. They're you know they're they're doing you know they're overextending themselves in one way or another, and they get there and they're just going through the motions. They're not trying to level up every single wedding. You know, they're not trying to see how can I mix these same songs differently every single week. How can I mix this one song that I'm probably going to play at eighty percent of my weddings? Maybe I can mix it a little bit differently this week and make it add a little bit of spice and make it that much better. You know what I mean? Because then if, if it works and it comes off, I'm excited. It shows. But if I'm playing it the same way, just doing my same, you know, going through my motions and whatever it, people, people get that. They pick up on that. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, just being, like you said, in the moment, having fun, people feed off that energy. You know, it's crazy. Um, Tony, you have seen some of that too. You've been doing some of the networking stuff. Um, specifically with C and catering, you've been, you know, the, our main go-to guy and, uh, you did a lot of it 
early on in the year. And now you're looking at your calendar and every week you're DJing at a CN venue. And so like that shows something for you too, bro. Like people are seeing you, you haven't been out in front of a lot of the public eye. You work with pop parties a lot. They've seen you, they love you, but it's just one of those things. Like you got, like Dom said, if, if you haven't met me and we don't have a relationship, it's, it's because you haven't worked with me yet. Like, cause Dom's not out chasing any of these things. He's just doing his job to the best he can. And you know, he's just the, the attention comes to him because he's great at what he does. And Tony, you're getting that same stuff through CN right now. Yeah. And Nate, I think you've put it in a great way before about speaking volumes. Like I've been able to take the best of what I've seen in everybody through what we have as DJ school, because even though I had experience back in New York, being in DJ school, which is MC school, the same idea, I learned so much more about networking and working with your fellow vendors. And like with you, Nate, I learned a lot from that, from hearing the stories that Dom has told me during DJ school and just chatting it up with him. I learned a lot from him. And it kind of just goes through like exactly what you were saying with the whole speaking of volumes, because the fact that Dom doesn't, you know, do this really full-time he has a full-time job but this is second full-time like he said um and he could still find a way to kind of make so many relationships with different planners and different vendors and bartenders and so many different people at these weddings as well as crushing the event and still get nominated for something like a vendi award is nuts and you know i think the, the strongest part about the force is the way that we learn from each other and how you have inspired dom i've been inspired by both you dom Justin the DJ, Cameron Harris, uh, even some of the older guys on our team, Adam Moore, Ed Petty. There's a bunch of guys on our team, which makes us, I feel, u- unique and elite to the sense of getting those relationships that we need. And Dom is, like you said, a prime example of that. And on top of that, too, he crushes the media game, which I'm kind of jealous of. Yeah, and we're going to get to that very shortly. But I want to touch on kind of what you just said. Like, as a team, I had a conversation with a, a DJ actually from Ohio today. He called me and had a question with one. He was asking a, about a training issue with one of his staff. And he's like, you know, if anybody's done it, I feel like you've probably been in this situation before. And uh, we chatted a little bit and we started talking about, um, you know, challenging people and giving people opportunities. And I feel like that is one of the greatest assets of our team, uh, top to bottom, that, you know, we don't spend an, a lot of time together we didn't over the last five years but with pod squad happening every monday night we're communicating more we're sharing ideas more we're sharing music with each other we're sharing content ideas uh we're 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 really like pushing each other to get to the next level and take what we're doing to the the highest peak of its of where it can go and what i really love is you know, you just said it, Dom and Tony, you, you spoke it like you, you learned from Dom, you've learned from me. I've learned from you, Tony. Like, and the thing that pushes me the most is like when Tony first came in, you know, there was guys on the roster like Dom, like uh, uh, James Miller, like other people that don't are not as round around as much. But then when we do something together or when Tony got onto my streams and people were like, oh shit, this is the new kid that's on our roster. Like I better step my shit up because he's going to come for my job. And it's not that he's coming for his job. It's just that like our from top to bottom, I feel like the LaForce roster is just constantly pushing each other higher and higher. And, and it's like, it's not that it's not that we're in competition with each other to see who can be the best. It's just like, yo, Dom, I love what you did on this video last week, but what if you switch the angle around or you added this track or you slowed it down? Like, and it's just like, 
Dom's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Or Dom calls me and is like, yo, you did this. This is great. You should do this. Like, we're constantly pushing each other to be the best versions that we can. And if I've never been to a venue, this is my favorite part about what we have in a, in a company. If I've never been to the venue, I can look at that venue in our, our CRM, DJ Event Planner, and I can look at that venue and look at past events and go, okay, Dom's been there, Tony's been there, Justin's been there, blah, blah, blah. I can call those guys. What do I need to know about this venue? And they're going to tell me everything they know. They're going to tell me about the, the staff. They're going to tell me about load-in. They're going to tell me about where you usually set up. They're going to tell me about power. And I don't – you know, it's like we are a wealth of knowledge helping each other be the, the best that we can be because, Tony, I've preached it a million times. Dom, I probably wasn't preaching this when I was training you, but, like, what is my biggest thing? If you're prepared and you have everything ready to go – you can walk into that vent and be 100% yourself and be the best version of yourself. If you're not prepared and you're like day of doing stuff, making like I make my keynote every day of just because it's another, I usually don't even use my iPad. I have it memorized by then, but it's because I, that's how I memorize things. I type it, I read it, it's there, I go through it. Probably. And I, and I do this too. And I think you're exactly right there. And this is what makes uh, what a lot of guys don't do is, is being able to, to envision and, and me, I'm an, just a, a genetic overthinker. So like I, for the entire week of whatever events I have coming up, I'm like envisioning the venue where I'm set up, what they've told me, what I think the crowd's going to be like. I'm thinking of songs. I'm thinking, I'm trying to read the crowd ahead of time to build my playlist. So like you said, when you walk in there, you're prepared and you can be in the moment. Cause one thing I learned early on is if you're not, you're spending your so much time and you're, and you're like, shuffling around and you're not connecting with the room the audience you're not giving your presence um and, and if you've got all those things squared away you can get there and be like great at, at any case i can throw in a song that i've pre you know i do my playlist like two or three times the amount of songs i think i might want to play but whatever like but i don't i always deviate right because you get there and you see the rooms different than what you expected but like you know that you got backup songs that you could just throw in and and reset your you know scope of the room. but not even musically like yes we all prep our music because we don't want to deal with that day of that's the worst is to try to download something day of like for especially me, if you're in the middle of nowhere like some of these venues down here with no wi-fi or service yeah and and let me tell let me ask you guys both this like now as trainers both of you guys are trainers for our new people do you feel like you are more prepared now because you are setting an example for what they need to do and so my stuff is 100 because dom like i said for you from you from day one my biggest training moments are in the car on the way to the venue and on the ride home. We talk about everything that happened on the event on the ride home and on the way to the venue, we're talking about, okay, I, I already know I had a triple this weekend and I had three different assistants. I had a different, I had Tony's assistant on Friday. I had my assistant on Saturday and I had Peter's assistant on Sunday. And so it was, I'm juggling. Okay. I got, I'm going to, give a little bit to JD. I'm going to give a little bit to Anita and I'm going to give a little bit to Josh. And then I have to know three days straight what I got, who the couple is, how the day's going, where we're at, how we're loading in, know all those things and be prepped beforehand for that event so that I can be the best trainer and I can also be the best host and I can also be the best DJ for that event that's going to happen. And if you're not prepared on those things and you go into a weekend like that, you are going to mess up somewhere. You are not going to give the due, the due justice that you need to train the person you're training or to your clients because you're not prepared. And like those things as trainers, like it makes me even more prepared because I know that if I'm not prepared, I'm not only failing my clients, I'm failing my trainee and all of that. Tell me what you guys think about having that trainee and preparation. So Nate, before uh, we get into Dom about this, because I, I have spoken about what I thought about our training process and how positive and great it is for people that are learning. I got the opportunity to work with Dom's DJ assistant last week, Devin. 
Now, let me just tell you, I did not know this. Me and, me, me and Dob apparently do one thing exactly the same to all of our assistants. Walk away from our DJs while music's playing during dinner. Yeah. And I didn't know that Dob did this because I like to challenge whoever my assistant is and just walk away. Go and talk to the head table. Go and see if they need drinks, which, you know, I, I learned from you, Nate. If people at the head table don't have drinks, go over there. Like, you're not doing anything during dinner. You go and take care of that. And I walked away and I turn around, songs ending, knowing in my head that it's about to end. And I look and he's already mixing the next song. So something like that goes a long way in the training process. But I yeah. think LaForce's training process is exactly that. It's supposed to be challenging, but you learn so much and you come out way better than you could have even imagined if you were starting on your own. I sent Tony a video on Friday of his assistant playing cocktail hour at my wedding. And his response back to me was, you never let me play one song when I was with you. And I'm like, because I know you can mix and I'm a control freak sometimes. And now I'm letting go. I like, I let, I let Josh, if you've been to the Nasher, you know that if you need to go to the bathroom at the Nasher, you need see you in 10 minutes. Yeah. It is a long haul. You got to go into the building, down the stairs, around the court, two sets of stairs, down the corner, all the way into the bathroom, handle what you got to do in the bathroom. And I'm drinking a gallon of water every day. And so like, I'm like, damn, I got to make this bathroom break worth it. And so I was, I don't remember what I was playing, but I know I was like in the 105 BPM range and I, I put up another song and they like, they were younger crowd. They liked hip hop. So I was like, all right, Josh, play this edit. Uh, it's got a 32 beat intro. You'll be fine. Um, I know you can do this. And so I just, he looked at me like, okay. And I took off going to the bathroom and I'm coming up the stairs and I'm hearing the transition and I heard the beat go from the song. And then it was like, that's where he should have been out. And then the next beat, the second like word of where the song comes in came in and I, he was in perfect time, but he, I guess, doesn't play with this crossfader on and the crossfader was all the way over. And when he, he had it in his headphones, it was great. And he threw it up and it was like not there. And then he like looked down and, and hit it over and it was perfectly in time, but nobody missed a beat on it. You know, I heard it and it was just fun that he was like, yeah, I got to play. And then he started talking to me that a Dante let him play a 45 minute dance set at one of his weddings the other day. And I was like, 45 minutes? I would I don't know that I could give up that I, much. I don't think power. I could either. I don't I don't know that I could either. I, I've been trying to get to that point. I'm thinking, you know, maybe maybe a 10 minute set here and there. But I'm 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 so it maybe needs to be the opening set. Maybe it needs to be the first 10, 15 minutes of opening. Um But I also like them I playing mix and I know that I feel like if he's he's gonna be new and he's gonna be trying things out, and I feel like um he's gonna be letting, you know, trying to get his feel, and I might be like, oh man. Yeah, but that opening 10 minutes is so crucial to the entire rest of the night, I feel like. So it's hard. I'd rather let him have that middle lull, like around a bouquet or garter toss. If we're doing that, he can play right before that or right after that. Because, you know, there's a break in. There's always a little break, especially if you have an hour and a half, two hour dance floor. You you get like a little lull. Let them play that and see what they can do to try to bring back without, you know, being desperate and playing the tracks that we all know will work. Like, see what they can do. But, um, you know, it's 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 funny. I th I've always been the guy that is so involved in how the whole day is going with planner with catering with photographer with everybody else i'm so in in tune with where they are when we're doing things that i rarely play i never play cocktail hour it's usually always an ipad plugged into a speaker somewhere with a, a spotify list that the bride and i have came up with together um, i have a couple of lists in my spotify that are cocktail hours that i will share with clients and say hey you can pick one of these three if you like them or if you want to make your own we can do that um, but then dinner 
I usually use my backup laptop that it's always there. It's plugged in. I know it works. If something goes wrong here, I can just reach over, hit play on that. And I always have music. And I typically play through dinner because I want to make sure that if we're doing toast after dinner, that I've already talked to the toasters if we're doing this. And so now I'm going to start letting my assistants play more in that dinner session um, to, to have some freedom and play because not only is it, not only is it beneficial for them to actually get the real life experience of playing during dinner, but, they're also playing songs that you typically wouldn't play for a wedding that they may not know because I'm training a lot of younger people that may not know to play piano man, you know, at Saturday night at nine o'clock when dinner's ending, because it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Shout out Nick Spinelli for that. Um, but like playing some of those songs you're playing Michael Jackson and Justin Timberlake love never felt so good. Like that's a great end of dinner song. Like, um, and they may, they may never think of some of those things and I have those pre-built lists that they can go through and look at, but like, Having just, and I'm going to just create a dinner list crate of 150 songs and then just say, you can only play out of this crate. Yeah. And I, then I let them it's go. like modern dinner and that last 30 minutes of dinner, I'm like, anything out of this crate, go for it. You know what I mean? Like try, like try to, try to elevate the energy a little bit. What do you, you know, cause we already played all kind of like the, you know, the classic dinner stuff and he, people are, you know, finishing up dinner right before toast or cake cutting and they're already kind of up on their feet. And I'm like, here, play out of this. And um, I think it's good for them because I, I've, when we started DJ school, well, at least when I started training three, I think three and a half years ago, whatever, with Maycloud, uh, like I didn't want, prior to that, we had assistants that were doing, they were just an extra set of hands. And I've gotten a handful of photos back years ago from the photographer. And I'd be like, yeah, I'd be this epic photo. And I would have the assistant right off to the side like this, just standing like mute face. And I'm like, don't you have one of you and Cam that's like epic? It's not, it looks like, it looks like Cam, but it's not, it's another guy that looks just like Cam. But yes, and I'll actually post it because I'm like in it and he's just standing there. He's like this. I'm like, <laughs> I never, and I never posted it because I'm like, dude. And, and so I've got, and that's, like, a, that's something that I, I teach early give on. My like, assistant, something to do or get out of the way. Correct. Either do something or get out of the way. I'll give you a camera. Go be off to the side. Devin, mix dinner, mix. People see him hands on all night long. So when it comes time to the party and he's kind of standing off to the side, they know he's been in it all night. Sometimes, even for intros, I wish I was going to be to the, the workshop that we're doing next week. This goes back to like our crew and why we make, you know, make all of each other better. Um, is like, I've introduced them a couple of times if I feel it and I'm in the moment and it's a good, Hey, what's up? I'm down to jail. I'm going to be your host. This is, I'm assisted by my man, Devin over here. It's going to be a great night. Welcome to the Alana. The first time I did it, he was like, Oh bro, I felt kind of good. Like you, you, I put my chest, you know, I put my chest out. Like, you introduced me, you know? And it was cool because throughout the night people were like, Oh, cool. Like he's with you versus sometimes like, you know, what, what's he do is what you got to do with, with you. He just stands there all night. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't get it. So sometimes when you say it, he's my request taker. Yeah. So like, sometimes you just say it up front people and it kind of brings him into the, into the, the mix of the party where people, it lets their guard down. So if they don't see me, they see him and they're like, Hey, and it's, it gets him involved. He's chatting now with the bridal party, the parents of the, the group, he, and, and you know, and he's hands on and, that, and that's the type of stuff as a wedding DJ that it's tough to teach. You can get the best club DJ and they won't fail at that kind of stuff because it's about being in the moment and connecting with the people there that, you know, may not have been out in years. How can you make them really let loose and have fun? You know what I mean? And that's what it comes down to just having that natural energy. That's just contagious. You want to be there. You want everyone to have a good time, you know? Yep. And Dom, you said it a minute ago that you might hand him a camera. And so I want to transition a little bit. Uh, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up the show. Um, but you just purchased a new camera off Amazon. Is it handy? Can you show, can you show the listeners? I, I want to see the new camera. You're talking to me? Yeah. Your new, 
Yeah, your new camera, Dom. My new, my, and, the new VHS and we're going to talk a little. Yeah, look at this. Like, <laughs> this is the creativity that Dom has because, you know, we got iPhone 14s now that have like crazy cameras, but Dom is going to go retro style and work on making some content with what year is that camera made? Uh, 1998. That's older than me. Yeah. This is Tony. Look at it. Watch this pop out. It takes a minute. I pressed it like two minutes ago. Oh, there you go. That's the tape. It's actually recorded on a tape. And so he's going to. What is that? This is a VHS tape, my friend. VHS mini tape. It's got 30 minutes on it. So I got to make those minutes count because we don't have it by storage. We've got it by time. I've got 30 minutes on the tape. You hear that? <laughs> so this is this is the type of creative brain that dom has he's not like i'm gonna go buy the greatest new sony 19044 s74 i'm gonna buy uh, a 1998 camcorder with 30 minute tapes and use the grainy side because he wants to you know his brain just works different than mine I, i've always loved that that like creativity I, I, there's been times in my life where i've wished that we had an unlimited budget to to pull Dom away from his other full-time job and just pay him to be on our team full-time. And I've thrown numbers at him before and he's like, yeah, it's not going to work, <laughs> you know, like, and, 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 and as much as I, and as much as I can, you know, that I, I pour into it, man. Cause I love it. Love it. And um, that's the thing, man. It's, it's creativity, man. And I love that we have the freedom to, 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 to try out new things and to not get caught up in trying to compete with algorithms or trying to, you know, hack all this stuff. It's like, we've got the freedom that our job is the party is creating the experience, all this extra stuff that we love, like photo and video and, and media and all this stuff is just extra that we get to do for fun podcasting. Like this is just extra that we get to do to try out new ideas to like satisfy that itch. So like if I make some videos with the VHS, you know, camera and they suck, whatever you know if you guys film your podcast for a year and you don't have a single subscriber did you guys have fun doing it that's all that matters you know what i mean so like i think that's what it comes down to with everything you know it, you do the ideas because you just want to have fun with it and i think that that's where the magic happens sometimes you you know you burn through a lot of stupid ideas and then all of a sudden it's like hey that, that was kind of cool yeah you get through 20 stupid ideas to find one great one that pops off and it's like tiktok and instagram and i want to talk about a little bit of tiktok because you have gone viral. You hit a million views. How, what is that video oh, up to? I have one point six, and I think in the next day I'm on I'm on uh, par for uh, million number two on the second video on this last most recent video. But it's crazy. Like, That's sick. Um, it's crazy because you just never know what's gonna what's gonna pop off, and it was never the intention. And I love to. you said it earlier. You said it earlier that I was like you could be the face of the boy band or the DJ duo, and you're like, and we talked about Ariana Grande, and you're like, no, I'm happily married. I got my wife. And your first video that hit a million, this girl definitely was like, I don't know if she was tripping acid or what she was on, but she was like, if you haven't seen it, you got to go to TikTok. It's at Dominicello on TikTok, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the girl's just wowed by what Dom's doing and what he looks like. And like in the comments, people were just writing, like Jen and I like literally went through all your comments the other night in bed. And it was great that we're laying there and like, you're like, nope, I'm happily married. Like this girl's so into him. Like there's all the comments about like, she's just like googly eyed over you. And like, you're just responding. Nope, I'm married. I'm at like, it's just great that you just responded to all those people that were just talking about how much this girl wanted you. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny too, with, you know, TikTok, it's crazy. Like just the comments are just off, off the wall. Like it's just, they're all over the place. It's hilarious, but it's, it's funny, man, because in the moment it was, it was truly such like a, like an innocent moment. Like she was just some 
you know, Oklahoma, I think it was the Oklahoma family, you know, she, she never seen a DJ on turntables before, you know what I mean? So like the fact that she had walked by and made a couple of comments of like, yeah, you know, are those even real, you know? And, I'm, and that's when Gio had the camera and we were talking about it. I give my assistant the camera and I'm like, man, film anything that looks cool. Like if you see, and I've been telling Devin the same thing. Like if these people come talk to me, film it. Like who knows what's going to happen. If you see a cool moment, just here's the camera. It's on auto or program or I'll preset some manual settings and just like give it to them and just be in the moment. And that's what it was with Gio. I didn't even know he got it until I got home. He's like, oh bro, it's so good. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. 1.1.6 or, you know, whatever. But um but it's not, it's not trying to catch, you know, catch an algorithm. It's not trying, it's just being yourself, just trying to show that, you know, selfishly. But it's not just, it's not just for like, for me, like that's how I have the one that's at 1.4. And, um, you know, now I'm like, somebody messaged me, um, yesterday and was a DJ that's in the industry. And he was like, man, I really love what you're doing with your reels. It's different. You are showing, um, different moments of a wedding in different parts and not, it's not all about you. It's about the clients and the, the experiences and people having fun. And I really like what you're doing with it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, we could all copy Nick Spinelli. We could all get the same angle as Nick with us making a transition and then see what the crowd's reaction that happens at every wedding. When we play different songs, like that's like, if you ask any DJ, what's the most euphoric thing about being a DJ, it's when you play the right transition or you play something and it's that wow moment and everybody goes, Oh, it makes the like that's what we do this for you and so capture it's captivating it's, it's crazy because especially for having being a dj in our industry and this is where like i was gonna say is like selfishly like 10 years ago when i started like uh you know the idea of a wedding dj to me was very cheesy it was very corny i got approached to do weddings in ohio and i turned them down because i'm like this is the guy who was trying to put me to kind of contract me was like it's like a cheese ball, you know, I mean, from high school, I was like, man, no, that's not me. Like when I came to Dallas, it was like, Nate showed me like, bro, no weddings don't have to be that way. Like it could be this. And, and it was cool. Like it was the perfect time. It was 2012, right. The rise of like David Guetta and Calvin Harris. So everybody was primed for like these type of parties. Um, but selfishly, I was like, man, if I'm going to do weddings, like I, and it took me a while to let, to have that side of weddings, like, be shown. And I, I feel like I may have been a front runner in Dallas for being more edgy um, because I was very, I pushed limits, um, you know, very early on. I, I came from, you know, I loved DJ AM and Vice early on in the years and listening to those mixes and, you know, having those influences and being able to know that I could go from, uh, you know, I love rock and roll to, walk a flock or something crazy and just be all over the place. It was different that I was able to do uh, different stuff and, and really push the edge. And when, when I first started at La Force, we were very MC focused. We were very, and I think that's what you're, you know, speaking to Dom is that we're very MC focused. Um, and I really, it took me a few years to really let everybody buy into the system that music mixing is very important in what we're doing. Um, and you were like the first guy to go with me to really just deep dive into mixing and, and different transition edits and things like that, where we were pushing the envelope in our market. And then it just kind of started going after that. And, you know, the guy that won favorite DJ this year praised you and I both that we were setting the trends and, and setting the bar for where DJing events and weddings are going, because we, we knew 10 years ago that brides are going to get younger 
bands, people don't go to concerts to watch bands that any, that much anymore. They go to festivals and watch DJs. And so the culture changed and the dance floor changed. Like it did. I was just determined and we that, were in the prime time. It, of I that. was just determined that, man, if, if I'm going to do this, it just can't be lame. I, I want to DJ this party as if it was my friends and family. And there was times where I would play songs that like, maybe they weren't the wrong song, but like maybe they were too deep right into, into the throwbacks or into the whatever genre of music I'm playing. I'm like, oh, okay, that may have been a little bit too deep for them. Like, let me bring it a little bit more mainstream or whatever. But like the, the, the goal was, is like, I, I have to be myself when we, when we do these weddings, give the clients what they want, but put my style on it, make it fun in my way. That is going to be different than what these people have seen. If they've been to 30 other weddings that same year, make it about the experience um, and we've witnessed these and feel these, you know, these moments, you know, all the time, throughout years, but, but being able to capture those moments, I think is huge because we don't get a lot. And after years of not getting, you know, being included in the photography galley, barely having a clip in the, in the, in the wedding film. And you're like, man, this was a rager. I'm not in the photo gallery. I'm not in the video. Like, I, like, are you serious? You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's kind of like we took it into our own hands to do it because, like we, Tony, we've talked about this. We don't have, when you're selling yourself, you can't just say, oh, hi, my name's Nate. And here, I'm going to send you a package that you can hold and look at. And this is exactly what you get when you book me. No, like we don't have a tangible product to sell. We have to sell ourselves, our personality, and our past, our, our past we events. We had great see. group photos and dance floor shots, but they were almost too good. They look like stock photos. And that doesn't make you feel that moment. You see the photo, but it's like, okay, but other DJs also have similar. What is it, Tony? Videos what? Video is king. That's right. I just feel like I needed to hear your voice. I don't think I've heard your voice in like 15 minutes. No, man, you've been quiet. No, well, you guys got into a big tangent. And for me, you know, I um, am currently struggling with trying to figure out how I want to make an impact on social media. And, you know, I'm happy you guys kind of transitioned into what it's like with booking clients, because I think that's a really important thing. Like, you know, at the end of the day, you could be doing a million events, um, but then you could only be posting a couple things on social media or the complete opposite. You're posting on social media all the time from the three events you're doing, but maybe you don't have the same type of lead uh, process that's coming in. You're getting a lot of bookings from it. So I think Nate basically hit it perfectly saying the whole, when we're talking to clients and we're sending them a bunch of stuff and you know how Dom you're saying you have that stock, but like people see the stock photo and you got the microphone in your head, everyone's hands are in the air. Um, it's your portfolio. Like if you don't think that brides are not looking at your Instagram before they book you or before they meet with you, you are crazy. They are 100%. And if they can't find you on social media, they're not even going to give you the time of day to like even interview. It's not you. about chasing. It's not about chasing the likes and the follows and, and the viral. Cause I don't have a huge following on Instagram. TikTok's been blowing up lately and it's just crazy. But like, it's never been about that. That's never been the goal. You know, Justin's been killing it, jumping on the trends, keeping up with everything. Like I don't have that time. So my focus is like, I want to create content that if I go MIA off social media for three months, which I do sometimes just because I'm focused on family and I need to compartmentalize certain things. And like, it's going to be about family, like summer break. Like it's not going to be con like whatever. I'm okay with that. I, I know I don't have like, you know, this following or this fan base is going to be like, but you know, that makes you real Dom. It makes you real. Sometimes, like you said, the stock photos, like, um, you know, it, it show there's definitely like, this is a professionally built Instagram. This is a DJ that has really great content that he put out himself, but also shows his family. And, and I've been, you know, people have talked about social media, like Rob Frey did a seminar and he had me up on his screen and his slides about, you know, photos with my girls and my wife. And, um, you know, uh, Dave Lander did the same thing. Like family's important. Like that's part of my life. Like 
you know, I want people to know that family is a very part, a very big part of my life. I love what I do for my clients, but I, when I'm, when I'm away and I don't have a, an event on a weekend, I want to spend time with my girls. I want to take them to do something like family is, is big. And I want to, you know, social media is meant to be there. So you can look back in a year and go, man, remember when we did this? Like, you know, we were trying to find a photo in our phones earlier before, and we're scrolling our, our photo album and it's yeah. not, thousands, not my and thousands of pictures. Not my, yeah. Not on my iPhone. I'm scrolling Facebook and Instagram. Cause that's where I'm posting the best photos. But to, to Tony's point though, it's, it's about the longevity of what you're posting, right? Like even if I don't post for three months, but if a bride is interested in booking me and she goes to any of my socials, whatever the most recent thing is, or the last several things I've posted is relevant and still current and still applicable to like her wedding and her seeing the type of experience or the type of party that it's going to be. And I think that that's what's most important. Like you're saying, it's a portfolio. Um, there are people out there that social media is the business. But for us, it's not. It's 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 the material that leads to the business. And I think that with, with you being new, just stick with the consistency of it. The, the, the vendors, man, the, the tagging the vendors is huge. You know, finding cool stuff of your, I think the sweet spot is finding cool clips, video clips of, of your party, uh, showcasing you in however way that is that you figure it out. But tagging them in, in, or, or in a way and creating content in a way that's easy for them also to repost. Because that's what I've noticed has been huge for me over the years. We were talking about the vendors earlier and building the relationships. I have florists that give me recommendations all the time. And a florist has never once stayed for my party. But because I'm always posting epic photos and I'll mix in a shot of the centerpieces or whatever and tag them, they'll repost it. And they've, we've kind of got that social relationship that they're like, oh man, every time I am at a wedding, he tags me. The parties are great. you got to go with him. And I think that that's for sure. to, to people it's knowing huge. who the Tony Pre is in our industry because people in our industry want to know. And that's what I love about our industry. Uh, you know, it, and all this talk just reminded me of something. So even though I'm not as active as both of you with posting reels and posting, you know, generally like on Instagram and TikTok and all these platforms, I am a avid believer in stories. Today, I had my first experience of in the middle of a final planning meeting with a client, they stopped everything in the middle of what was going on. They were like, Tony, we just need to let you know your stories are the highlights of our weeks. I was like, oh my God, that, that means so much. Like what has people stuck follow out with those you? things, Tony, when I went to your, when I went home to New York for your mom's funeral, like people came up to me and were like, this is Nate. This is the guy that's been in all Anthony stories. Like they know they like, that's our life. Like, and that is a behind the scenes of everything else that's on our, on our grid. Like, and you look at Instagram, you have a beautiful grid. You know, we pick cover photos for our reels. We, we pick good photos and we post them. But if you want to like get to know us, jump in stories. And I think stories isn't going anywhere. I think people still are in stories. And what's crazy, um, you know how the algorithm is working, like new followers tend to see your stuff first. And like, it, it hit me for the first time the other day when I posted a story about my 75 hard and we were outside working, and I was talking on to just me talking to the camera. And that that story got 700 views. And it was the I was like, holy shit, because I've gotten like 2000 followers in the last two weeks. Like those people all see my stuff first now. And I was usually used to getting like 350, 400 views and, and like it just down, jumped. It, it almost doubled. Those same ones on TikTok stories because those have been getting crazy views. I've had it a few times. You know, just, same. Just, but just take your Instagram story and just repost it to TikTok stories. It's there for 24 hours and it disappears, but they show you a view count too. And it's like, it's crazy because some of those ones will pop off before the post. I'll post the photo or whatever it is on TikTok and then post the same thing as a story. And then it blows up on the story first. That disappears. And like the next day, then the video gets you know, whatever. So it's just, it's all about experimenting, man. And I think that that's, what's cool about us. We've got the freedom to post what we want when we want. 
And um, I think that that, you know, to Tony's point of just the longevity of it is like, you'll, you'll figure out what feels natural. And, you know, we've tried a lot of stuff. I've tried, you know, doing wedding vlogs and the long stuff and YouTube and all this different stuff. And it's, it evolves, you know, it's constantly evolving. And it's just the, the bottom line though, is that it's not, you know, you're not investing so much in it that it's burning you out, that you're still able to dedicate your hundred percent to your clients, to your, your, your parties. If you're able to get that stuff, great. But if not, it's like, it's okay. You know, you're not going to get the best. I've had some of the best weddings that I haven't gotten videos of that. I was like, man, if only I had a camera tonight, you know, and it's like, it happens, but it is, but you'll have another and you just post that stuff out and, and, and then it's a snowball effect. Client, more and more sales meetings you're going to get on. People are going to be like, oh man, we've been, we've been stalking your Instagram all week before this meeting. And, oh, we just, we're so excited. We want you to do what you're going to do at our wedding. We've got a couple songs we like, of course, but like, we totally trust you, you know, and you do you, you just read our room and, you know, we don't like heavy metal, do what you do, you know, whatever, like, anyway. So the moral of the story is DJs content is King post it because the people that are booking you and the people that are looking for the types of clients that you want are searching and buying. They are consumers on Instagram. I would say they are viewing your social medias and prioritizing that above your reviews on wedding you know especially with everybody that's closer to my age getting married like i just a couple weeks ago i had a wedding uh for two people that were 24 years old that's a year older than me and constantly all i hear is oh i found this vendor on instagram oh i heard about these guys through instagram oh i saw them on pinterest like there's so many different social medias like people aren't using google as much anymore to find their vendors they're using people that they trust and rely on in their everyday lives they're talking to their other vendors to see what other people think. And then mostly more than anything, they're looking at social media. So make sure that you're, have you there. ever bought anything off of Instagram, like of an advertisement? Uh, I'd say I probably buy at least one thing a week off of Instagram. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been buying stuff off TikTok lately because I keep seeing stuff now. Guys, it is, it is the, it is the new place to find things, especially for the, the up and coming bride for the next few years. They're searching and, and shopping on social media. So, um, Dom, we don't want to keep you all night. I know you got to get to bed. You got a, a day job tomorrow and kids wait, to get wait, ready wait, for wait, 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 wait. Can we do a segment? Can we do a segment? Yeah, we're over time. Clive's going to get mad at us. Dom, are you into doing a segment really quick? I'm here. I'm here to stay. Let's do it. Okay. 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 So we're going to do a little segment that. Yeah, switch cameras. That's it. So we're doing a new segment this week. It's called Guess That Celebrity. So I'm going to give you guys some general facts, and I want you guys to guess who that celebrity is. Based on facts, not visuals. Based Both on facts. Both of you. Okay, so, and all of them have four different options. You don't have to just guess who it is. So I'll give you guys all of the uh, facts first, and then I'll give you guys the options of who it is. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. So. High ponytails are my thing. I get married at 28, and I'm actress and a singer. Your selections here are Selena Gomez, Camila Cabello, Britney Spears, or Ariana Grande. I was going to say it's probably Ariana Grande because she's an actress, but um, Selena Gomez was an actress too. I don't think Britney ever acted, but when you said high ponytails, I definitely thought Britney Spears. Okay. Dom? I, would, I would say Ariana Grande, but the thing that you said about marriage threw me off. 
she's got married already at 20. Yeah, I don't think that those girls are 28. Britney's the only one that's over 28. Ariana's like 32 or something. She's like almost 30-something. I would say Ariana Grande. All right. So I don't know anything about these young teeny bopper girls. I'm too old for that. Teeny boppers. Oh, oh my God. You know, the, 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 the wedding thing you said threw me off. Okay, it is indeed Ariana Grande. Of course it would be. That's your favorite, Tony. Uh, of course, but... I should have just went with your favorite straight out the gate. High ponytails is Ariana Grande's thing. Grande. I don't Grande's know what she thing. looks like, period. Yes, you do. I am putting a photo of her on the screen right now so you can see what she looks like. Okay. Um. All right, next one. Here we go. My favorite flowers might just be daisies. You might have seen me on American Idol. And I reside in California. Here are your options. Lady Gaga, Ed Sheeran, Katy Perry, or Jennifer Lopez. Say it one more time. Lady Gaga. No, no, the, the, the hint. The hint. Oh, okay. My favorite flowers might just be daisies. You might have seen me on American Idol. And I reside in California. I would say Ed Sheeran. J-Lo. Wow, you guys are bad at this. It's Katy Perry. Oh, Katy Perry was a judge on American Idol, isn't it? I was huh. thinking contestant because I thought Ed Sheeran was a contestant at one point. I think about judge. Yeah, Katy Perry was a judge. I thought J-Lo was a judge, but maybe that was like uh, America's Got Talent. I don't yeah, know. Katy Perry was a judge. J-Lo was a judge on American Idol, too. But also, she was on American Idol, too, I think. We're 0 for 2. We're 0 for 2. 0 for 2. All right. I got it. Let's see. We'll do... I got a couple more here. All right. Next Tony, one. what are we calling this segment? Guess that celebrity. Guess that celebrity. Okay, here we go. I was born in Pickering, Canada. I can play both the guitar and piano. And my girlfriend is currently teaching me Spanish. And here are the options. This one should be pretty easy. Harry Styles, Shawn Mendes, Bruno Mars, or Justin Timberlake. Sean Mendez. Girlfriend's teaching him what? Bam! Got it right. Sean Mendez. Girlfriend is currently teaching me Spanish. Sean Mendez. Yeah, that was all on TikTok. Sean Mendez. <laughs> this guy, Nate, got it. He got really excited because he actually knew this one. Nate, congratulations. You got it right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Th this one's really, really easy. I'm a Capricorn, I've won three Grammys, and I'm quite a king. Your options here are Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, Elvis Presley, or Niall Horan. Elvis. Elvis, he's the king. You guys got that right, too. Elvis Presley, great job. Okay, here we go. Two, four, four. Now, this is going to be our last one. And, of course, because we know somebody in here from Ohio, we're going to end with one on Ohio. Here we go. I was born in Ohio. I have two kids, and I wrote a song for my wife. Here are your options. The Weeknd, Louis Tomlinson, John Legend, or Nick Jonas. John Legend, Springfield, Ohio, baby. All of me. He got it. <laughs> Love all of you. Yeah, baby. And that's all I got for you guys on this week's uh, new segment called Guess That Celebrity. Guess That Celebrity. 
This has been uh, a great episode, guys. Dom, I really appreciate you uh, stepping in this week. And uh, we were, you know, I, when we were talking about guests early on and who we wanted to bring on from the Force team, you know, there's some other other bigger names on our team that have been on other podcasts. And, you know, we'll definitely get Justin on here at some point. We want to get Peter on uh, for sure. But you were like my first, like, uh, you know, I was, I was like, Dom's got to be on. And I'm glad that, you know, you're moving. You just bought a house. We didn't talk about that, but congrats on that. Um, you know, uh, and so I wanted to do it before you were in the, the hustle and bustle of busy season of weddings, moving in the middle of busy season and your office is still set up and you still have your setup stuff. And I, you know, who knows how long it's going to take you. I know you, you're OCD. You're probably going to have it set up like the second night you're there, um, and ready to go. But, uh, I didn't want to count on that. So I'm glad we got to get you on early on. And uh, we're, we're glad you're here, man. I'm happy to be here, man. I love what you guys are doing. Like I said, dude, it's it's for the industry. It's for entertainment. More importantly, it's for yourselves, you know? Do it. Have fun with it. It's an outlet. Like, And people out there are enjoying it. You know, people are listening. People are talking about it. I know our team's talking about it. I know I hear people in our industry talking about it. Um, it's cool, you know? Because it gives you, it gives, you know, insight and a window into your guys' life and just who you are. How much uh, we both love each other unconditionally. <laughs> Want to get a hotel room and make out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta end it on that. That was so good. Dom, thank you again for being on this episode. Tell everybody where we can find you on all the socials. Everywhere at Dom Nigella. Everywhere. And Dom, let's just let the haters know that it's Dominic. It not is Dominic. Dominic. Dominic with the Nigella, not Nigella. People tell me all the time, does Dominique work with you? No, it's Dominic. Dominic works with me. Yep. Wait, people, at, wait, what? Call them Dominique, Tony, yeah. Listen, it's up north, it's a no-brainer, right? There's too many Italians and even Irish people up there. Dominic, it's like a no-brainer, but down here... It's Dominic, Dominic. Yeah, from New York, it's Dominic, you know? We got Dominic, and we're going to go have some cold cheese pizza. Hit it with the Spanish accent, Dominique. Yeah, uh, that's that's crazy. But, um, hey, Dom, do me a favor, take care. Brush it. All right. Uh, Nate, anything to uh, close us out tonight? Yeah, guys. Uh, once again, I said it earlier in the show, but thank you again for all of you guys that are uh, continuing to listen to us. I know that uh, we're still figuring these things out. Um, we're learning as we go. It's something that we're both having fun doing. Uh, I got to give all the love to Tony for all the hard work that he puts in behind the scenes. Dom even said it before we started. Like, Tony's got this stuff down where every guest is sent a writer for what they need. Uh, how to log in, make sure you have headphones, a good mic, all the things. And Tony's put a lot of time and energy into this. And so uh, thank you, Tony, for that. That's, that's me showing you love. Um, but uh, if you haven't hit that subscribe button on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe. If you are not following us on Spotify or wherever you find your podcast, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, download button, whatever it is. If you want to share an episode, we would love to see your shares on uh, stories. We'll definitely repost that. Um, and if you're not connected with us on Instagram, you can find us at Hot Cues Podcast. Um, and you can find Tony at the Tony Pre and me at DJ Nate Nelson. So uh, what's the line, Tony, to get us out of here? Hey, yo, Nate. Hey, yo, Tony. Take care. Brush your hair. Love peace, chicken, Greek. Love peace, chicken, Greece, guys. See you later. Peace out. See you next week. <laughs> peace.